Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Amen. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3. How many, how many would, would say there that you consider yourself to be a football, college football fan or football fan? Okay. How many would about basketball? How many would be a baseball fan? You like a good baseball game. One thing that you notice about coaches, in no matter what age it is, is that it's either feast or famine, isn't it? There are coaches that uh, if, you are, if you're winning, you can do no wrong. But if you're losing, you can do no right. And so the thing is, is I, I thought about that, and, and when I read 2 Kings chapter 3, you can begin in verse number 9. It's another opportunity. How many know that God's a planner? What God does is God does things in order. He doesn't just willy-nilly go through life and just make things happen as he needs it. The Bible even says that before the foundation of the world, before Adam and Eve ever fell in the garden, God had a plan to redeem man. So before he ever laid the first stone, before he ever laid the first tree planted, he had a plan to redeem man from, from the sin that would so easily beset him and that would destroy him. But God had a plan in place. And what I appreciate about God is he, he plans his work and he works his plan. Now, if you read 2 Kings, it's a story about three kings, a tale of three kings, who go to battle. And as they go to battle, they're going to fight against an enemy. But once again, it shows us that not just that, but God's not just a planner. He's also a winner as well. He's the best coach you and I would ever have. So when we say that, the, uh, that, that there's a way that God has for, for not just him to win, but you and I to win as well, how many like winning better than losing? How many enjoy losing? Raise your hand real big because I'm going to play cards with you. God's got a way that he loves to show people because God's designed you and I to win in this life. Look at verse number 9. So read this with me. It says, The king of Israel went and the king of Judah and the king of Edom. And they fetched a cup of seven James, and there was no water for the host for the cattle that followed them. So three kings, Judah, Israel, and Edom, all go to battle against Moab. And what they've done is they've gone seven days to to, to battle, and they forgot something really important called water. And it says in verse 10, The king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them in the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of, the king's, one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here's Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said to the king of Israel, What have I to do with you? Get up to the prophets of your father and to the prophets of your mother. And the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look towards you nor see you. Verse 15. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel plays that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For, the Lord, for thus says the Lord, You shall not see wind, neither see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, that you may drink both you and your cattle and your beast. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He'll deliver the Moabites also into your hand, and, shall smite, and you shall smite every fenced city and every choice city, and shall fell every good tree, and stop all wells of water, and mar every good piece of land with stones. And it came into pass in the morning when the meat offering was offered, that behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. Father, again, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's life, it's sustenance, it's food to us. 
It gets us through this, this journey of life. And thank you once again, it shows us that you've designed the believer to win. Thank you that it's just designed us as Christians to, to even to win until we get to that wonderful place called heaven. But show us, God, today that the mechanics, the bones of it, so that we can apply these so very practically to our lives. And for all this, we give you thanks, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody who loves to win said amen. If we walk through this particular passage, we see that, that God's got a way for you and I to walk through life. We don't have to go through willy-nilly. We don't have to go through and be a pseudo-super planner. But God's got a way that he leads us in this life. And how many know that God always leads us to green pastures and still waters? God always leads us to a place where it's better than where we came from. If you look back to your life before you came to Christ, has God not brought you to a better place now? Has God not brought you to a better pasture now? Has God not brought you to a better provision now? There's something about the old life and the new life that I love to see the difference. I thank God that I'm not who I used to be and I'm not where I used to live, but God's brought me to a new place. So first thing we see is when we look at verse number 11, Jehoshaphat, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of him? See, the thing is, is you got to get God involved in your planning. Jehoshaphat said, you know what, we need to, we need to get God involved in our planning. See, the, the, the beauty of it or the thing that they missed is they should at the beginning got God involved in their planning. But they got halfway into it and they thought, wait a minute, okay, we need to back up the bus. Let's get God involved. Let's find us somebody that will give us a word from God. Anybody ever been in a pickle like that? You got halfway into your project, you got halfway into your plan, you got halfway into your work, and you thought, man, I should have prayed about this. See, the thing is, is God's so gracious and so kind, he loves to get involved, but he always gets involved when he's invited. So go ahead and get God involved in whatever it is that you're working on, everything you're doing. If it's a job, if it's, a, if it's school, no matter what it might be, God wants to get involved when we invite him into our plan. Now, and get him involved, I think what we learned from Jehoshaphat is get him involved in the beginning and not at the end. And the Bible says this, it said, Jehoshaphat, the word of the Lord was with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Edom, went down to him. And Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with thee? See, the second thing we see today is what Jehoshaphat did is they began to seek godly counsel. Turn to your neighbor and said, your friends make you or your friends break you. See, because that's the truth. The people that we get godly advice from, it'll make us or it'll break us. Just think about this. You and I are probably just products of all the advice we've taken through all the years. And we see that, that God does that. He puts people around us. He puts people in our paths who help us. People who help us to make good decisions by giving us a person at just that right place at that right time and says, look, this is what you need to do. Anybody ever gotten any good advice? Anybody ever gotten any bad advice? See, every week, let me tell you what I do. Every week, on Tuesdays, I meet with our administration team. Every Wednesday, Pastor Caleb and I meet. Every other, every other week, our church staff meets. Every month, our, our church board meets. Every year, you and I meet. Every day, I meet with God and try to get some good advice from Him. The thing is, is my point I'm trying to make is that I've learned the value of seeking good, godly counsel from the people in my life that love me and care about me and won't lead me the wrong way, but will lead me the right way. Don't ever be afraid to ask somebody for help. Don't ever be afraid to say, hey, can I ask you a question? Because the thing is, is sometimes God speaks not just through the pages of the Word, sometimes not just through a sermon, sometimes not through something a minister says, sometimes He says it from a friend who gives you good, godly counsel. 
So what we see that is we see that God does that for Jehoshaphat. He tells him, he says this, he he tells him, this is the direction you need to go, this is what you need to do. Because see, the thing is, is God really gives you, he saves you lots of steps when you get his advice. See, you can do it your own way, no matter what it might be. You can do salvation your own way. You can, you can go to school your own way. You can try to get married your own way. You can do your job your own way. There's a host of things you can do your own way, but God's just waiting for you to ask him, say, God, I need your help, because then he'll get involved, and then he'll save you lots of time, and when it's all said and done, he'll get the glory, and you'll get the job done. When we see this, when we go to the, the, the Word of God, we notice that, that there's always somebody that goes along with somebody. I mean, there's always two. You know, Moses had, had Aaron. Paul had Silas. David had Jonathan. Jesus had 12 disciples. Peter had James and John. We see over and Elisha had Elijah. We see over and over God put people together because he knew that in this life to get down the road, to get to where we got to go, we need people to help us. Amen. Now, keep going in your Bible to verse 13. And Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Get you to the prophets of your fathers and the prophets of your mother. And the king of Israel said to him, No, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into thy hand. Now, let me say this. The king of Israel is not a very nice guy. If you go back, you know how the Bible says that he was a good king. And throughout Israel and Judah's history, it said he was a good king. He was a bad king. He was a good king. This king of Israel was a bad king. And so the thing is, is what happens is he comes to, the, to Elisha. He says, Look, we need your help. And Elisha says, Look, I'm not, I'm not helping you. He said, you need to get your heart right with God. If it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even be talking to you right now. And so it's interesting to me what doesn't happen right here. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes in the Bible, what doesn't say is just as important as what, what does happen. And the king of Israel didn't get his feelings hurt. He didn't think, well, what's wrong with me? He didn't say, well, you know what? My daddy Ahab didn't like you. and My mama Jezebel didn't like you. You know, and I understand why. So I'll just go do this thing on my own. He didn't get up in his feelings. He didn't get his feelings hurt because he knew there was a job to get done. Here's a great little tidbit you can take with you when you go home. Can I tell you one of the things that the enemy uses to get church people is they get their feelings hurt. Oh, man, let me tell you something. That's, it'll work in the kingdom of darkness is to get church people offended at one another. Now, don't get upset. It's not just me and you. We get our feelings hurt. Even the mighty John the Baptist got his feelings hurt. If you remember, Jesus said these words to John. John had been a mighty preacher. He had been drawing the crowds. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes on the scene, and the crowds leave John and start going to Jesus. And then Jesus begins, John gets put in prison because he told somebody they weren't doing right, and he got put in prison for it. And so all his disciples are leaving John John and going to Jesus. John's now in prison. And Jesus comes to the disciples of John because John says, hey, go ask that Jesus if he really is the one who's to come. And they go, to, they go to Jesus, and they said, look, our master came to ask us if you're really the one to come. And Jesus said, tell him what happens. The, eye, the blind eyes open, the lame walk. Tell him all those things. And then he also makes this little caveat in there. And, said, and tell him also, blessed are those who are not offended because of me. See, Jesus knew sometimes it's just in our nature. Sometimes we get things, get our feelings hurt. We get crossways. And what I appreciate, let me tell you, if you're going to do anything for God in this life, Sometimes you have to tell your feelings what to do and not let your feelings tell you what to do. So keep your heart from offense. Keep your heart from offense. No matter what somebody else does, no matter what somebody says, no matter what I say or what I do, don't stop giving. 
Don't stop loving. Don't stop serving. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Don't stop trusting. Don't stop praising. Don't stop worshiping. Don't stop your, your purpose and your plan for God, no matter what somebody says or does to you. It's a good place to say amen. Now, you following along with me? We got our three points. We'll go to, go to our next one. Look at verse 15. He says, but now bring me a minstrel. That's a, a worship leader. And it came to pass when the worship leader played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. Now, one of the things that we always have to realize is that God's going to answer when you ask him. God's going to answer when you ask him. When you ask him, God's going to answer. What Noah said, can you imagine what Naaman, I asked God to heal me, and here I got, I'm in this muddy water. I was dipped, and nothing's happened. I came, and he didn't do anything, any kind of miraculous thing for me. It just, it just seems like nothing's happening. See, the thing is, is we got to get our, get our hands out after we've asked God for something and get ready for an answer. He may not answer like you want him to answer. He may not answer when you want him to answer, but I know something that I know something that I know something. God's going to answer. You said, but he hadn't done it yet. Yet? He hadn't done it yet. Yet? Listen, if you come to my house, where's the cake? If you come to my house at 6, you get leftover turkey. If you come and wait until 7, you get steak. Right off the grill, I'll grill it for you. How many going to come at 6? Thank you, Caleb. How many going to wait till 7? Come on. If I just got to wait a little bit longer, it's usually better than when I wait for it. Good things come to those who wait. That's what mama always said. But do you understand, sometimes when God makes you wait, it's just that he's got something better than leftover turkey to give to you. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. He went into this life is predicated on God speaking and you waiting until God answers. See, let me tell you, there's lots of things that I don't have an answer to. Lots of things that I don't have an answer to. I, I don't understand why people get divorced and how to fix that. And sometimes it's you know, hard to unscramble eggs. If you've been through a divorce, I'm not throwing stones. There's just some things I just don't have an answer to. But do you know God does? What about teenagers? I don't have an answer to teenagers. I've raised four of them, and I still don't have an answer. I still haven't got them figured out. But do you know who does have an answer? Almighty God's got a great answer for raising teenagers. Cancer. I don't know why people get cancer. I don't know why people die from cancer. I don't know why people go through all the treatments and things like that, but I do know that God does know what to do when somebody's going that you love or yourself is going through cancer. He'll get you through cancer. He'll get you through COVID. He'll get you through loss when you lose your best client, when you can't figure out algebra. I know that I know that I know that God will always has an answer for those who ask him, and sometimes you may have to wait, but it's always better when you have to wait. Come on, God's designed you and I to win this thing. Listen, I'm not going into heaven on my knees crawling. I'm going in shouting. I'm going in praising God. I'm going in completing the work that God has for me on this lifetime. And sometimes to do that, you got to get ready for the answer. One of the things that when, when, you talk, when you talk to Christian people and you talk about hearing the voice of God, sometimes you get some funny looks. Because some people think, well, when you talk about hearing God's voice, are you talking about an audible? I have been serving the Lord 31 years, and I've never heard God speak audibly to me. And if you have, God bless you, that's great, because the Lord can do that. But, but I want to talk to you just for a minute how God speaks in here. Do you know what in here is? God's a spirit, and so he speaks to the spirit of a man. 
So sometimes you just get this impression, maybe you get this something, you get this knower in your knower that you know God's spoken to you. If you know what I'm talking about, give me one of these. Sometimes you just get it right down in here that you know, some call it a still small voice, some call it that witness of the Spirit. It's not that audible voice, but it's something down in here. And some people get tripped up and say, but you said God spoke to you. He really didn't speak to you. Well, yes, he did. He sent a message, and his message got right down in here. Let's just say this. Let's say you and I are at my house. This time we'll go to your house. And, and say you decide to cook me eggs and bacon, and you got a skillet. And that skillet has a hot handle because you've been cooking me three eggs over a medium, three pieces of bacon, and you got a little gravy on the side with a biscuit. If you were to go grab that hot handle without uh, one of those, um, a towel, there would be a message that you would get, wouldn't it? And that message wasn't audible, was it? It was a message that came right through there all the way up into here. Am I right? Now, so you understand that sometimes messages can come with some ways other than spoken, right? Correct? Okay, let's try something else. Well, suppose that your kids are 14 and they play athletics and they wear the same pair of shoes every day to practice. And so sometimes when they close their door, they take, when they take their shoes off, they leave them in their room. And so after a while, there's a particular odor that begins to come out of those pair of shoes. So you open their door and you smell something and a message comes to your head, doesn't it? It wasn't audible, but it was a message loud and clear. Put some powder in those shoes. So there's lots of messages that we receive that are not necessarily audible. So the thing is, is if God doesn't speak to you audibly, it doesn't mean he doesn't speak. He just used a different way to get that message to you. And that message is down here on the inside of your spirit. Now, I'm just about to, to wrap things up. So if we keep on going to our, through, our, through our, um, our, our text today, we get to verse 19. And here's something that I've really noticed about God is that God creates opportunities for you and me to take advantage of. Sometimes people think well, when God shows up, he just rains money, manna out of heaven. Sometimes he just rains money out of heaven. Sometimes he just supplies a need miraculously. It's, that's, how, that's the only way God can work. Another good point to make is, is God don't always do it the way you and I want him to do it. But he does create opportunities that you have to take advantage of. Let me give you verse 19, then I'll read verse 24. He says, and you, this is God speaking to Israel, and you shall smite every fenced city and every choice city, and you, you shall fall every good tree, stop all waters of well, and mar every good piece of land with stones. And then in verse 25, it came down to this, it says, and they beat down the cities, and on every good piece of land cast every man a stone and filled it. So God gave them a, a directive and then they did what God told them to do. So lots of times, that's why the beauty of this is that God always asks us to respond in faith. Sometimes God asks us to do something, and he, he expects us to respond. Do you know, see that sometimes it's not rocket science. Sometimes the job that you get, that's the one God wants you to go work. Sometimes the, the, the class you're taking, God expects you to do the study and the work so that you can get a, a, grade, a good grade on the test. Are you with me? Sometimes you don't have steak to eat. Sometimes you got peanut butter and jelly. Go ahead and eat peanut butter and jelly. Are you with me? Sometimes it's just the obvious. Sometimes we make it so hard. God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? Sometimes it's just right there in front of us. Just take a step of faith and do it. 
I've learned this in life is all the things I wanted to do are not necessarily all the things God wanted me to do. But the thing is, is if you'll, if you'll just get comfortable and happy with where God has you right now, ooh, I feel this. If you'll just be happy right where God has you right now, you're going to find a sense of joy you've never had before. Sometimes we're so busy thinking, oh, if I just had that guy's uh, job, if I just had her spirituality, if I just had his wife or her husband, if I just had their kids, if my kids would act like their kids, my life would be so much better. Listen, baby love, how about this? Be happy right where you are right now because God's got you right where he wants you right now. If he wanted you over there, that's where you'd be. If he wanted your kids like that, that's where your kids would be. But God has you right where you are, and I'm learning to be happy right where God has me. This is not my notes, but you can write this down. Sometimes the best thing for you and I to do is to turn off social media. Sometimes, now I'm not knocking it because there's some good things, but sometimes when all of a sudden we see what everybody else has, and it makes us have, get that, what we call it, the gimme, gimme, want, wants. Sometimes it's better just to stop and say, God, thank you for who I am. Thank you for the color of my hair, and it's steadily changing. Thank you that I still have hair. Thank you for who you've made me to be. Thank you for where I live. Thank you for the role that you've given me in this life. Thank you for what you've done for me. Because, my friend, that person is on the winning team right there. You can be a multimillionaire and be miserable. You can have a house full of kids and be just miserable. But something about being content right with where you are is a secret to this thing called winning life. Now, when it came time for God to give the answer, let me tell you what he did. He said, now listen, y'all, here's what I want you to do. It's going to rain, and because where they were, the ground was so dry, you know, sometimes they call them flash floods. God was going to send a rain from the mountains. It was going to come down, and it was going to fill all the, all the ditches and the valleys down where they were. Well, it's going to solve two problems. See, that's the thing about God's. When God solves a problem, he don't just solve one problem. Sometimes he solves multiple problems. First of all, he was going to fill all the ditches in the valley with water. And what did they forget? Water. Secondly, what's going to happen, it was going to create an illusion, a mirage. And the enemy was going to see that water out on the plain, and it was going to look blood red. And, they were, and God knew they were going to think to themselves, wait a minute. All those three kings, Judah, Israel, and Edom, they probably got mad at each other. They're probably fighting right now. And then the enemy thought, Moab thought, well, I'll tell you what, while they're fighting, let's go in there and take advantage of that. But they didn't know that when they went to go, Judah and Israel were already, or Edom, they were already, and they, they were ready to fight the enemy. So God's anger, God's plan, to tell you something, always achieves the maximum results. Did you get that? God's plans always achieve the maximum results. In other words, the most that you can get out of this life is the plans and the purposes that God has for you and God has for me. You can't get any better than this right here, y'all. You can't get any better than this. You can get all those little degrees after your name, those little letters, Ph.D., and all that. It's not going to be as good as the life you live for Jesus. You can have all the money in the world and everything you touch turn to gold, but can I tell you something? It's not going to be as good as the life that you get to live for Jesus on this side of heaven. Oh, I can go on and on. You can have the nicest car in all of town. But can I tell you something? It's not as good as living the life for Jesus Christ that you and I get to do every single day. See, this is the most wonderful thing in the world right here, what you and I get to do, isn't it? Be a good place to say amen. This is the most wonderful thing in the world, living for God, 
living for Jesus. Every single day I get up and I have the master, the creator of the universe who's guiding me and leading me in all that I do. Every day I pick up this book right here. The Bible says all scripture is profitable. All this book gives me the, the, what the know-how, what I need to know and where I need to go and what I need to do. It's all found right here. Something wonderful about living the Christian life because maximum benefit comes when you take advantage of the opportunities that God gives you. I like what the Bible says. Proverbs tells us this, God's wisdom is better than silver and gold. God's wisdom is better than silver and gold. What, is it, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his own soul? What does it profit a man to have all the money in the world and be a dumb duck and not, not know how to use it? So God asks Israel to respond, to respond to his word. And what I do know about this is there are certain times in our life when God asks you and I to respond. Certain times in life that God asks you and I to respond. Because I know that you're here by divine design. I know nobody just came to church today. I believe in the kingdom of God. God had every person that he knew would be here today, and he had a reason and a purpose for you coming. And maybe today there's just something that you need God's wisdom on. Maybe today there's something, and you just need to know, God, what's the next step? Maybe there's something today, and you say, look, I'm just not sure which way to go, what direction to go, but I know God's the one to help me. Maybe that's you today. And in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to do one simple thing, and that's to take a step of faith from your chair and come to the front and connect with God. Bring that need to him. Bring that, that, that thing, that petition to God. You say, oh, but I can do it right here. I, I, you know what? I know all that, but I'm just going to ask you to take that step of faith and go ahead and say, God, today I'm just going to take a simple step of faith and come to you and bring my need to you. And here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. The secret to winning in this life starts right there. I think sometimes we mess up in church, church people, because sometimes we get caught up in, in style. You know what I'm saying? What songs we sing, how we sing those songs, how we pray, how we preach, how, all the things we do. And sometimes if we were not careful, we can kind of get caught up in the differences that make us unique when we, in, in worship in God. But see, the beauty is, is it's not that, you know, the style it's not that to connect with it's not just to connect with God because of style. It's just that we do connect with God. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It just matters that you come to God and bring your need and say, God, I need you. Here's my need. I bring it to you and give it to you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.